Welcome to Yoga Brain, a platform that's normalizing meditation and a podcast that's teaching you about the eight limbs of yoga outside of the studio walls. No, you won't need a mat to practice this kind of yoga, as all we ask for is open ears and an open heart. This is your host, Jenny Martin. I'm a yoga teacher of just a couple years, but I consider myself a lifelong student of this practice. Throughout these episodes, we will be interviewing teachers and healers, therapists and leaders throughout the Kansas City area to ask them what exactly is yoga. And with me today, we have friend and philosopher Ojas Patel, who explores that very question. Listen here as he explains a little bit about the founding father, Patanjali, and his sutra texts, which explain this deep depth history of this ancient practice. This is yoga. This is the first sutra of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, the authoritative text on classical yoga. The world right now is experiencing a modern yoga renaissance in such a diversity with a variety of influences. That yoga can mean so many things to different people, and it can get confusing as to what yoga actually is. Generally, yoga is seen as an ancient practice that originated in India. But what is this practice? What are the goals of this practice? For those answers, we're going to have to go back to the roots of yoga and do a brief introduction into yoga and its evolution to what to see, what you see today. So, what is yoga? Well, it depends on your context. Yoga is an evolving phenomenon. It can be everything from a form of exercise, a therapy, a lifestyle, a distinct philosophy and worldview, um, to a spiritual process and practice. This practice originated in the land of ancient India. India has long been mystified as the land of spirituality. In ancient times, the Indian subcontinent, there was a, a peaceful and stable environment because of the weather, three bodies of water and the Himalayas and the desert protecting the Indian subcontinent from military conquest. These factors allowed for people there to develop a unique, rich culture where arts, philosophy, and society flourished. But an important activity also emerged with the time for self-reflection and self-discovery. Hence, the development of spiritual practices. Now, not to go on too much of a side rant, but spirituality can mean many things. But in the ancient Indian practices, it means to bring out our true selves. Adhyatma is the word for spirituality in Sanskrit, and it means to be close to our true selves or to study the true self. As a multitude of these practices were emerging, yoga became a very prominent one. The Rig Veda, one of the oldest texts available to humankind, speak of yoga and refer to its practice. Sanskrit, in Sanskrit, um, we see the word yoga. 
And yog comes from yuj, which means to join or to concentrate, to join with ourselves, the people around us, the universe, the animals in that, the plants in that, the cosmic energy, via concentration. But we'll return to this later. In the Vedas and Upanishads, yoga is not given a concrete form or a methodology, but over time it develops its own epistemology, metaphysics, ethical practices, systematic exercises, and self-development techniques for the body, mind, and spirit. The Yoga Darshan Shastra, or the authoritative scripture of yoga, becomes much more formalized due to the efforts of many yogis and rishis, starting from Hiranyagarbha to Patanjali. It is important to know classical yoga originally has a meditative and spiritual core. Although throughout the millennia it has taken on different schools of thought, goals, and aims, it's important to remember that it was originally developed as a process of spiritual enlightenment. Classical yoga has its formalized accumulation in Ashtanga Yoga, the eight-limbed way of spiritual enlightenment. Because of the antiquity of these texts and the oral method of teaching such practices, it has been hard to find the origins of Ashtanga Yoga. But the most authoritative text we have available is Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. All we know is that this formalization had a tremendous impact in the ancient societies of India. Yoga literally exploded everywhere. Hence, the importance of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. Patanjali was a genius of his time, who really made contributions to humanity. There is a verse written about Patanjali Rishi in Sanskrit. Yogena chittasya padena vacham malam sharirasya chavedyakena I bow to him who purifies the impurities of the mind by removing the jitta-vrittis by yoga, who purifies the expression of speech by pada or grammar, and who purifies the impurities of the body through vedya, medical science. He who is the expert in removing the impurities of the body, mind, and speech to that most excellent of munis, Patanjali, I bow with folded hands. As you can see, Patanjali was a spiritually enlightened soul, uh, a, a teacher of yoga, a doctor, a grammarian working to uplift humanity. Hence, we can understand how his life and his works had profound impacts. Patanjali explains the whole point of yoga is to achieve a state of samadhi, the highest meditative state via the process of yoga chitta vritti nirodha, the removal of impurities and wave impulses in our internal workings. This is not merely a passive state of sitting in the lotus position or padmasana, even, this is, even if this is where it begins. A friend once told me, the point of yoga and meditation practice is to elevate us to be in a meditative state in everything we do. You can call that being in, in your zone, nirvana, being in zen, flowing, bringing harmony internally. Um, but whatever you call it, it is the same mentality or same state of being, samadhi. According to Patanjali, everything in Ashtang Yoga is just preparation for this aim. And he explains that although the practice may have some other benefits, health, 
therapeutic, etc. The end game or the end aim is to achieve a state of everlasting active meditation. In the world today, many refer to yoga as doing the physical movements, but this is only one aspect and a relatively surface level preparation for something much deeper. The asanas or positions, pranayam or breathing, and other aspects are solely preparation so that we minimize the distractions of our minds and bodies to become enlightened beings. However, yoga is a method and a way and it's evolved to become a lifestyle, not just a spiritual practice, but a practice of achieving perfection for any activity. The Bhagavad Gita, another yoga shastra, or authority on yoga, encourages each person to become a yogi in their own way, according to their nature. Tasmad yogi bhavarjuna. You can apply the principles of yoga in an any uplifting activity we do. Hence why in ancient Indian or ancient Eastern ways of life, in the dharmic traditions, we have all kinds of yoga. Dhyan yoga, prana yoga, karma yoga, gyan yoga, bhakti yoga, raj yoga, and later developments even brought in hatha yoga, kundalini yoga, tantra yoga, mantra yoga, yantra yoga, sahaja yoga, and nam yoga. And through these principles of yoga, the Gita explains that yoga is the secret to excellence. Yoga karma sukoshalam. All actions become excellent through yoga. All our works and endeavors become excellent through yoga. Although modern yoga incorporates many other influences from all around the world, Patanjali's yoga sutras give us a glimpse at the core of this practice. Each of these flavors of yoga have their place. And yoga can just be as just as diverse as each human who practices it. And yet, there is a unity amongst us with a spiritual core aim described by Patanjali. And this is the beauty of yoga, an entirely human practice. The acceptance of diversified means unified central aim. Human upliftment. Yoga is an eternal human process, and at the same time, an evolving process. Yoga is a method and a way. Atta Yoga Anushasana. This is yoga. That was Ojus Patel, a yogic philosopher, a world traveler, and soon to be a doctor of medicine. We talk to Ojus in our next episode as I interview him about everything it means to be a practicing yogic person here in Midwest America, despite all the cultural stereotypes and stigmas. Stay tuned for that next episode. This is your host, Jenny Martin, with segments done by Ojas Patel and music by Connor Yeager. You can follow us at YogaBrainKC across the Instagram and Facebook platforms, and be sure to learn more about our upcoming events by contacting us at our website at yogabrainkc.org.